Well, ladies and gentlemen, each and every month, final Monday of every month, we focus in on the goings-on of the uh, great company, H2M Architects and Engineers, a vital company as far as the growth of the island, what it's been going through, and uh, certainly what the future holds. And there is plenty with H2M. 90 years, you just heard the spot. Uh, as far as in operation, 10 office locations. I implore you to go to the site, H2M.com, openings as well. H2M.com backslash careers. The aforementioned president, CEO, Mr. Richard Human. Always great to have him on the program. Sir, welcome. Did you see that mess from the Meadowlands yesterday? <laughs> you know, Jay, I, I know a little bit less about football today than I did at about 1 o'clock yesterday because that was, you and I can talk for an hour just ripping both teams apart. You know, I, I got to tell you, I was incensed i'm watching football forever rich and i tell you i was never more angry than watching that game and you know i'm a giants fan you're a jess fan i you know give you applause because you came out with the w was a 99.9 percent chance you weren't gonna get it but the giants the way they played you got it but uh you know usually i have my kids watching the games where they were both out uh, the wife was do- on on the computer. She had no idea what was going on outside of hearing me scream and yell at the TV set. Uh, I was just, it was. I'm, I'm t- I've never been more angry watching this mess, this garbage, this Brian Dable. You know, a fourth and one at the 17 yard line. Can you go for a first down? Please put the game away, please. I'm begging you. What happened to the coach of the year from last year? I mean, you play not to lose. You always lose. You know that. Listen, I give you a lot of credit. You came out with a win. Maybe yeah, the Jets have something going. You know, maybe, listen, it's not far-fetched. They can make playoffs, get Aaron Rodgers back from the Achilles and everything else. It could happen, but I'll tell you, I am so glad in one respect for the Giants. My season is over. Thank goodness. Over, my friend. A couple of comments. Go ahead. Yeah, I take nothing out of that game as a Jets fan, and uh, any Jets fan that's feeling good about themselves today uh, needs to take a good look and, and I don't know, check their ego at the door. It, it was um, it was terrible. You know, you, you talk about yeah, the fourth. How about how about offsides on a fourth and five inside the Giants' ten yard line? You know, every I think the Jets might have had eleven penalties. It was it was brutal. It was the quarterback play was horrible. They can't run the ball. Uh, their offensive lines a mess. So, you know, yeah, a W is. Uh, I guess the best thing that could have came out of yesterday was winning the game. But outside of that, Jay it was. It was. It was. It's the first time I watched a Jet game all year because it was Jet Giant, and I. I wish I was doing a hundred other yeah. things to watch football yesterday. I know, I know. I, I, I said to my wife, I almost wish we had plants. I have no problem not watching any more football. I'm going to tell you, you, you talk to me during the playoffs, I could care less after what I saw yesterday. It was such garbage. You know, minus nine passing yards, 24 punts between these teams. You couldn't make this stuff up, you know. <laughs> with the Jets, with Sale on the sideline, how does he stand for all of these penalties? My goodness. You're right. That fourth and five. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. Uh, Richard, I was I was uh, beyond belief angry. But you know what? The beat goes on. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So that was a good 
Yeah. Listen, at least you got a W, and my season is over. That's a good thing. Thank goodness. <laughs> put me out of my misery. Put me out of my misery. Uh, one thing that I've never put out of my misery are the goings-on within H2M, my friend. you got a lot of happening here. Let's get to it. we got a lot of ground to cover here, besides my Jet Giant rant. Uh, you yeah. got some groundbreaking as far as the library, the Gold Coast Library. Let's get into some of the project uh, spotlights with Mr. Yoon or the great H2M, sir. Uh, from what I was reading, it's currently the smallest one in uh, Nassau County, uh, but uh, a lot going on here with Gold Coast. Give me a sense. Yeah, you know, th- this is uh, it's a really nice project. Um, we've got a groundbreaking scheduled for a few weeks, and um, uh, it's probably going to take, you know, a- a- about a little more than a year uh, for the construction work. But, um, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, that libraries in general are are being, I mean, they have to evolve. You know, they're, the things they do within their communities are very different than they used to be. And there was a significant demand for more services out of the library. So uh, it is, you know, currently the smallest public library in Nassau. And um, once the construction of the new library is complete, um, it'll be, uh, you know, two and a half times the size it is right now and be able to provide um, a lot more services to the community. Uh, so, like, really, really nice project. And, uh, you know, along the way, you know, you and I can talk while this thing is being built. Um, I, I know the community is really excited about it. It's, it's been covered in Newsday a few times. So we're really looking yeah. forward to getting this thing into construction. Yeah, it really is. Uh, from what I'm reading about it and everything else, uh, about 11,000 uh, square feet uh, from 4,400. Expanded areas for the kids, community rooms. Yeah, you did it all. And I guess uh, the ceremony, official groundbreaking will be what? Mid-November, right, Rich? Yeah, it's Friday, November 17th. Uh, looking forward to it. I know the, uh, the, the the library is really looking forward to it. And really a, a great group of people to, to work with. So uh, an exciting time. And I, I think for you know most places, when you think about library systems, the library is the, the heartbeat of, of what they do. Uh, so I know there's a lot of anticipation to get this project going for them. There you go. Rich Human with us, H2M. Now, I didn't realize this, but you have a tremendous history as far as the uh, town of Bethpage uh, is concerned. Uh, the Water District in particular, 100-year anniversary, a very special a milestone uh, as far as all that's going on. You got groundwater treatment technology and everything else. Give me a sense of seventy-year history between the companies, right? Yeah, yeah. So we, uh, you know, we we started in in Bethpage. Uh, our, our founder Gus Holzmacher started uh, this company in 1933 in Bethpage. Um, we've been working for the water district for the past seventy years. Um, before that, he was a commissioner. For, for before it was called Best Page Water District, it was called the Central Park Water District. Um, and it's you know when, when it's it, as I was going through a lot of our 90th anniversary uh, history, reading about the, the connection that our company has had to the Best Page community and and you know back then and even today, um, you know some of the most significant environmental issues are, are happening because of you know legacy. Uh, manufacturing industrial work that is affecting you know that community and other communities and 
we are knee deep in that with them to continue to, to help them through that. Uh, so there's, there's, you know, no short, uh, of, of connection between us and them. And so they're celebrating their 100th anniversary this year. And, you know, we had an opportunity to participate with them, recognized by them as part of their, uh, centennial anniversary. So it's really been a, been a, a great, relationship uh and and one that i'm sure is going to continue as we move forward and it's uh, a really great history when i was reading about it uh as far as h-o-m uh designing the first bet page water district community park uh incredible uh things that have been uh, in and around beth page and a 70-year history folks uh, i implore you to read about it uh well done there let's get into another thing regarding one of the projects the XAXL Specialty Insurance Company, uh, my friend, uh, give me a sense as far as uh, what's happening in that regard with this. Yeah, this this was uh, I appreciate bringing this one up, Jay. This, this is an interesting project and and one that you know yeah. is not um, not a, not a notoriety kind of project, but um, you know during construction of uh, a new senior housing building, the way that the um, the construction was being phased in was uh, leaving opportunities for water infiltration. So during construction, the, the, the builders started to see some mold. Uh, so AXA is the insurance company who insures the building uh, and the property. They called us in. Uh, we had our forensics people because nobody could figure out how the mold was getting into this, this new construction. Um, so we had a forensics team go in. Uh, they investigated all aspects of construction and found that there were uh, some wall connection details that were not providing the proper seal to prevent rainwater from coming in. Uh, and once they did, uh, the construction modified its approach to deal with that. And at the same time, uh, we had to uh, now remediate because, uh, you know, you've got you know, active construction and development of molds. You have to make sure people aren't exposed to the mold. So it, it further complicated what was already a complicated construction project. And, you know, for, for the group over here that went out and, and were able to diagnose the issue, it's something that they do every day, the, the forensics people over here. Um, and, you know, usually they're, you know, pretty small, innocuous types of projects. But this one, uh, I think is, is a nice one to highlight because, um, uh, you know, you, you never know when you have to come in to help solve a problem. And uh, I think the team over here did a really nice job on this project. Excellent job there. And, of course, uh, we've been reading about what's going on, uh, Rich, in Mineola with the new fire headquarters there. Uh, that is a beautiful station of 28,000 square. Uh, it was too small. And a lot of structural uh, issues there. Uh, but all in all, it seems to have been transformed now into a, a state-of-the-art deal technology-wise. And, you know, this uh, drones and everything else, electric drones it'll have. Uh, operations center as well, the double S. So uh, that's a that's a state-of-the-art deal. And hopefully, maybe a blueprint for others to come on the island, you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah it's interesting. You know, everything, as, as technology evolves, equipment evolves, um, we, you know, we, we talk often about the need for us to stay current with infrastructure, but 
you know, also facilities like this, and and you know, their their existing firehouse was was a hundred years old and just wasn't conducive to you know new apparatus, new vehicle sizes, uh, new regulatory requirements that uh, all fire stations need to um, abide by in, in terms of uh, you know decontaminating firefighters when they go out to fight fires and and things like that. So um, the you know the the state of the art element of of you know, many old firehouse, uh, I do think is a blueprint. I do think it's, it's a standard, uh, you know, we're, we're doing them in, in other places. Uh, you know, the further complication here is, you know, Mineola is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty dense community. Um, so, you know, this firehouse had to you know, be built on a pretty tight site, uh, came out great. Um, you know, the, the, the village fully committed, the fire department fully committed. And, uh, you know, in the end, I think that, um, you know, especially more established communities need to be as out front of things like this as, as they can, uh, because if, if they don't, uh, it's, it's really going to affect, uh, you know, response times, their ability to, you know, handle various emergencies in their community. So um, I, I do hope that other communities, you know, look towards uh, the village just to, if nothing else, be more informed about how they went about doing what they did and, and what the benefits are in their community now with, with the new fire station. So we're, you know, the, the, the team over here is really proud of the work they did there. There you go. Uh, so uh, it is uh, done, the transition and everything else, uh, to 28,000 uh, square. You're talking about a station. Florida Station was 100 years old, uh, but uh, really transformed into the modern, modern age. We're reading about it. Very well done. Rich Ewing, H2M Architects and Engineers. Let's get into some of the uh, employee uh, engagement community topics, my friend. You've had a lot going on over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was reading last week where Long Island Business News honored uh, H2M's VP and Director of Planning, right? Sharon Norton Remmer, one of the island's top 50 women in the business region. Give me a sense of that, what that was like. Yeah. Now, I mean, Sharon, Sharon's great. Um, you know, she comes from a, 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 a long line of, of family history. Uh, you know, her dad had a, a small uh, civil engineering planning survey firm, uh, you know, out in eastern Suffolk County. And, uh, you know, we were fortunate to bring Sharon on board probably a decade ago, if, if I have to guess how long it's been. Um, you know, she's, she's one of those people that uh, is, is – always getting the job done for us here. And, and um, you know, I, I asked her to step up uh, coming into this year because we had a number of uh, departments and services that I would love to have brought together into a broader planning department. And, and I think it's up to uh, eight people now. And uh, she is, is leading that effort for us and really doing a fantastic job. And, and I just thought it was... Um, really deserving for her to be recognized as uh, a Long Island top 50 women in business. And um, I'm glad she got selected. Uh, it was uh, a great event. And, and to me, anytime we can recognize somebody over here for the great work they do, uh, you know, good for them and, and, and good for us. So it was, it was really a great event. You know, one of the things I love about your company is, um, you know, you always facilitate the camaraderie that I get a sense there is. Uh, and even like, you know, stuff like when I read about the first ever East Home Cornhole Tournament, 
Um, <laughs> the pumpkin patch event where employees bring their own kids to trick-or-treat, Halloween in the office. That's a great thing. Uh, the turkey drive, you know, supporting Island Harvest, 600 turkeys, kind of the goal there. You know, all this kind of gives me a sense of where you guys are really at. And that's why, you know, you think about it, nine-plus decades in operation, there's a reason why. And you being the leader you are, you know, this is very important stuff within uh, the confines of a company like this, right? No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, you and I have been talking for years about how important it is to uh, engage your people, create lots of connections. The, um, you know, even though we're, we're still growing, um, we could probably grow a little bit faster if we could get the talent here. And, you know, especially in this industry, uh, you know, highly specialized STEM industry, making sure that, you know, we, we, we get the, the right talent here, the engineers, the architects, the scientists, corporate people. Uh, the, the challenge is always going to be making sure that you are uh, providing the best environment for them so that they're excited to come and work for a place like HLM, but also when they're here that we continue to do things to remind them why they like to work here. And, um, you know, these are, are um, you know, they're, they're all seeds. And when you, when you plant them the right way and you get people committed to them and get people to own the opportunity to take advantage of the opportunities, then they see that they have their own opportunities to grow. Yeah. And that's what all these things are. You know, the, the first ever cornhole tournament, it was, it was hilarious. Uh, um, you know, we, as you said in, in, in the, the opening, we've got, you know, lots of new offices. Um, so we had champions of all the offices and they all came to one location to have kind of the regional final and, um, team from now with Parsippi, New Jersey office, one big. And, uh, you know, one of our young architects was, he was, he was a freaking ringer. Jay, this guy never missed. Um, I, I will say that after they won, they took on me and Joyce and kicked the crap out of us 21 nothing. And I will say Joyce is good. I was terrible. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of and, and the camaraderie was great. And, and we had, you know, a lot of our senior leaders went down to support and cheer and, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, just um, a, a nice team building experience. Um, and that was you know, not my brainchild. That was the brainchild of, you know, other people here it was driven out of our marketing group. They organized everything. Uh, so we had people stepping up, taking on some more responsibility just to help, you know, make the company uh, a better place. Uh, so, you know, those are, are their invaluable initiative. And, and uh, you know, I know lots of companies around the island do similar things. And, you know, for us, we're always looking to, uh, make sure that we are engaging our people the best way we can. Uh, you know, that was a, a good example. You brought it, the pumpkin patch. It's hilarious. You know what's funny about the pumpkin patch is, um, you know, we, we, whatever, we see kids once a year. And uh, you know, we've got yeah. a lot of young children and a lot of new parents here at H2M. And, and the chance for them to come in with their kids in costumes and they walk around the building and they fill up their bags of candy and we have a good time and we take pictures and uh, the kids love it, the parents love it, and um, you know, we've been doing that for, you know, like you said, the, the last seven years. Um, just a, a really nice nice experience, nice thing to do, um, and, uh, you know, 
fault for my opportunity to, you know, talk with people, not about excellent stuff, but just about themselves and their lives and what they have going on. Mm. It was, it was really a, a great, that's great what makes time. you a great company. Yeah. That's what makes you a great company because you get involved with all this stuff. By the way, Joyce, you're referring to Joyce Cagino, uh, who's Rich's executive assistant extraordinaire, just a heck of a gal. Uh, and uh, no surprise, no surprise of her involvement as well as far as some of the great stuff that are going on there. I want to mention one thing before we take a quick break and get into some other areas as far as uh, topics are concerned. And that is, you know, we talk about the mentorships, the internships as well over at the company. Uh, and I was reading about leadership. One graduation was this week, 17 and all, I think, graduates. And mentorship graduation was also uh, in play, 35 pairs of mentors and mentees. Give me a sense of that, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leadership One, you know, a, a nice program that, uh, you know, we developed here. Uh, and I get the opportunity to attend the graduation. Uh, and everybody, it's, it's an eight-week program. Uh, and we work on things like public speaking, problem-solving, team-building, uh, critical conversation, and it's not you know one of one of my my own observations when I saw the group that was graduating. We had people that have been here for a year to people that have been here for twenty years, and you know sometimes um, you know businesses will focus on leadership development when people are perceived as achieving a certain leadership position, and. Um, here, we felt as though the kind of traits we want in our leaders, if we could instill those and develop those as soon as we can, then as they grow at H2M, they're going to be exhibiting the right behaviors and the right traits. And, and leadership is not limited to perceived leaders, right? Leadership, you know, we can all use um, you know, better leadership ability. Um, so it was really, and then uh, as part of their leadership, they have to present an innovation idea. So one idea that they believe could help make their group better, their office better, the company better. Um, and, you know, out of that, I, I have been, uh, you know, it's one thing to have people give you great ideas. It's another thing to figure out, you know, how to consider them and, and if they if they really have the potential to be beneficial, how do you implement them? Uh, you know, but you can't implement 17 new ideas all, all at one time. <laughs> I'm coming up with like a Shark Tank concept. Um <laughs> you know, getting a group together yeah. and having our uh, people present their idea and think through them and develop them and, and present a business case for their, their innovation ideas. Um, so that, I mean, that stuff's cool. And, and uh, I, I know there are, there are you know, lots of really great programs out there in different places. This one is a great one. And you, meant, you mentioned the mentorship program. We've been doing this. I think this is our um, fourth cohort of, of, of mentors and mentees um, and my you know, probably best takeaway from going through this graduation is seeing people that in the, in the past were mentees were now being mentored and again it didn't matter you could be someone who's been here for five years and now they were mentoring somebody who's been here for two years and, and that's a great dynamic to have you know, somebody who is in a certain job be able to be mentored by somebody who has just been through their job and help them, you know, understand how to be effective, what the opportunities are for them, 
where should they be focusing in, in their development? And, uh, you know, each group gets up and talks about the benefits that they got from the mentorship program. Really great and, and by far our biggest one. So, it, you know, we, and we, we have people, um, they have to apply to the program. We don't just say you're in. You have to uh, explain to us why you want to be in this program, and then you can get admitted to the program because it is that um, valuable, I think, for people here. So, uh, you know, more of that to come, you know, for sure in, in uh, different programs we do. But, you know, Leadership One graduation, mentorship graduation this past week, I think they were both excellently done programs. I'll tell you, it's uh, it's no surprise, it really isn't, as far as uh, how these uh, situations turn out regarding your company and these uh, individuals are tomorrow's leaders. Uh, and that's how they uh, create uh, this aura as far as, uh, you know, what they have accomplished and what they want to accomplish, even more so. That's a great thing to see from some of these young folks out there. No question about it. All righty, we are back with the great president and CEO of HM Architects and Engineers, Mr. Richard uh, human, as uh, we focus in and around the picks now the rest of the way from east to west. And, uh, you know, uh, the Sands Casino at the Coliseum, uh, Rich, you and I uh, speak about it um, all the time. Uh, it looks like, uh, you know, everything will be a go, leases and everything else in play. Yeah, you're going to have pushback. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, all in all, it looks like that property. If you uh, fast forward, it will be what it will be, and hopefully generating a lot of revenue in and around the Nassau hub and all that will go about it there. Give us some updates in uh, in each particular category, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, I was in Uniondale over the weekend and, um, you know, drove by the, the Coliseum, and, you know, as <clears throat> I think we all can visualize what the potential is there. Um, the, the opportunities are, 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 are so vast with um, the development potential. And, uh, you know, at least the things that I've, I've read, uh, I, I agree. It, it, um, it sounds like things are, are, you know, taking the right steps and, and moving forward the right way. Um, you know, you and I talk all the time about, um, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, the right, Stakeholder partnerships exist, and um, I know that um, there's uh, a lot of effort on the part of Stan to, you know, engage various stakeholders, um, making sure that governments align uh, is is has to happen. You know, if you don't have government alignment, um, and you know, those are all things that are you know, clearly moving in in the right direction, and. Um, the, you know the potential. If if you take a look at um, you know, not only you know big picture, you know there's going to be tremendous tax revenue going back to the state. The county will get uh, you know clear benefits you know through tax revenue and through uh, the the leasing of the property. You know as will the town, and and you can seem to move down. You know the school district, the fire district. Um, library district, everybody is going to, um, you know, see the benefit, especially at a time where, um, you know, inflation's up and, uh, you know, just the, the cost to operate is, is, is a, is a growing burden, especially for smaller local government units that, um, don't really get a lot of attention, but, uh, the, the, 
the value that uh, a large development at the NASA hub is going to bring to these, uh, you know, smaller government units is going to be tremendous for them. You know, you like we talked in the first half hour about, you know, Gold Coast Library and, and the things that the library can do for that community, you know, Uniondale is no different. And, uh, you know, the, the benefit that um, a, a significant shot in the arm in tax revenue is going to be for, um, for the community um, element there, I think is going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's, it's, it's going to be a lengthy process as any significant development is. And, you know, developer needs to, um, you know, be persistent, keep moving forward, you know, keep engaging stakeholders. Um, uh, you know, the, the, the last thing anybody wants to see is, is you know, steps backwards. You know, the, the, the opportunity, I think, is too great for us. So um, I'm optimistic about it, and, and you know, I, I think we should be. You know, Rich, I, I've always thought the common denominator for all of these types of projects is transparency. I think if the communities are informed properly, uh, you're ahead of the game. I think when the information is withheld and it's kind of a blindside effect, I think that's when residents uh, feel uh, somewhat offended, and that's why you get the pushback. But I think the greatest thing it can happen is so many of these things. And I always remember Jake's and everything else, where to put the casino, Medford, you know, they were going back. Well, I felt that there was a lack of transparency involved. But I think when you have the information put out there and people are engaged, well, then you have a positive type of deal where it could become, you know, kind of profitable for all, you know? Totally agree. You know, and it's... Uh there, there's no, not that people should even be considering avoiding it, but, you know, years ago, it was not as easy for people to become informed. Um, now it's very easy to become informed, and it's easy to become misinformed. Uh, so if, if you're not the person who is delivering the information in a very transparent and direct way, uh, people are going to form opinions, and they're going to get information wherever they need to because, uh, if they believe it's going to have some kind of an effect on them, they do want to know. They are interested. Uh, Long Island is a very engaged community in general, and, and we all have strong opinions as, as people here. So, uh, you know, any developer we're doing itself and, and the community uh, uh, an injustice, if it, if it is not transparent with all information, you know, and, and direct information, there's issues are what they are. And there's no doubt that when you have a significant development like this, there are going to be impacts that are going to need to be addressed and, and mitigated. And uh, all developers know that. They know they need to do that. It's, it's really just a matter of making sure that you understand what those are as early in the process as you can so that you can deal with them as you plan and lay out and design your development. And um, I, I believe Sands is, is, is doing a really nice job of engaging themselves in that space. Uh, and when that uh, when that is all said and done, I mean, that's just a great area. Uh, and you think about it now, folks. You travel down Hempstead Turnpike, you look over, and you see pretty much an empty venue out there. Well, it's going to be thriving eventually. And when you get a surrounding presence around it as what's being planned, man, I'll, that's just a home run. And it's just a win-win. So I think it'll be very, very successful. Let's kind of shift east a little bit. Uh, because we all know Jake's 58, very successful as far as what it's done over the years. Uh, you think about the Ron Hub, you think about the airport improvements, you think about the newly designed carousel area. 
Uh, and we always talk about MacArthur being kind of a centerpiece here at the airport, Rich. Uh, with all that it'll bring transportation, to, you know, to and from the railroad and everything else around Conklin. It's going to be it's going to be another good area. You know, when you fast forward 10, 15, 20 years, uh, it's going to be a lot different. Um, it's going to be thriving from an economic standpoint. I think when all said and done, this also is a home run. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, we. You and I talk about all sorts of things, and uh, in the in the past, you know, when you and I were talking about this, I think yeah. um, one of the one of the most unique um, vision elements of this is that you know, different than all of the other you know downtown revitalizations or transit oriented revitalizations, um, there was really no. Well, there was no downtown community um, around the Mount Concord train station. So, you know, the, the concept that uh, TriTech had in, in working with the town of Brookhaven and working with uh, the town of Islip and working with Suffolk County was, you know, creating a new downtown center. And, uh, you know, those, those, are, those, are, are, those are big challenges, especially on Long Island. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of the experience that TriTech has had with those types of projects off of Long Island helped inform them. How could you do it on Long Island? But if you if you just look at a map, you know, Ron Conquer is literally the center of Long Island, and uh, you know, no longer is Ron Conquer going to be the end of the end of the Li line. It's going to be uh, a central point and a, and, a, and a true hub, and all the other elements that. We talk about are, are going to be necessary for a, a successful Ron Conkama hub. Um, I do believe we need to, we need to see movement. We need to see, uh, you know, the, the, the elements of, of the airport moving, the, the, the planning for, um, you know, a, a north side terminal moving, uh, you know, midway crossing moving. I, I would, I would like to see, uh, you know, some of those things taking more steps. Um, again, it's going to be, you know, it's a decade in the making, these major developments. Um, but, you know, the, the opportunities are clear. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's alignment from a governmental perspective. Uh, I would, I would just like to see things moving a little bit more quickly. Yeah. Uh, Midway, is everything, uh, uh, pretty much going according to plan at this point in time, Rich? I mean, is there anything of the latest regarding with the Midway crossing at this point? You know, I, I think they're still working through. When it was originally proposed, it was yeah. um, it was a significant development, and and that's how these these processes always go. You know, you um, you know, they need to focus in, and I know they have been focusing. Uh, you know, what are the needs? What are the opportunities? What does the community need? Um, I mean, out of out of out of the box, in, in my mind, the, the fact that Midway includes. A, uh, a conference center hotel, I think, is critical. You know, we, you know, Lyland, we we're great at kind of you know exporting ourselves from a business point of view. We can do a much better job of attracting uh, national organizations to Long Island to have their conferences. And you know, why do people have to go to um, you know Philly and and DC and Orlando? Why can't they come to Long Island? And um, I, I, to me, that's something that we've always needed. Uh, a major conference center, and I, I think that's going to be another great step. And and another thing that is is really bringing into shape, uh, you know, our transformation. And you know, in like a macro 
perspective, uh, you're looking at attracting things here as opposed to you know, having all of the assets here just be your know, benefits to us as the people who live here to get us to other places. Now we're going to be in a much stronger position to attract uh, you know, outside interest and outside dollars, and, and I think that's going to be a great thing for Long Island. No doubt, two point eight billion dollar project. Uh, it's going to be fantastic, and you know, I mentioned the airport. You know, with twenty six million dollars in improvements underway, the airport, uh, and recently completed the ground transportation center. I might add, and you know, you look at Islip as far as all that's going on with the hookups of the water and everything else on May Street. A lot of towns now uh, have you know kind of done this type of route. Because it's so important to have these businesses in play. And that's why the infrastructure, you and I speak about it all the time, sewer hookups and everything else. Uh, it is so important uh, for these communities to get back up and running. And we have seen a lot of this over the last year or so, Rich. Very important, especially in Iceland. Yeah, they do. I think you know, all of the, the Suffolk County towns, Villages all understand the, the value that the infrastructure brings to them, and you know when you take a look at uh, you know all of the successful revitalization areas and and you know the, the benefit of sewers, yes, the benefit to businesses and property owners to expand and and repurpose themselves becomes great for them also, and you know the the the, the, the bigger benefit to our environment can't be understated and you know you know not often can you talk about a topic like sewer infrastructure and be able to equate you know economic benefit and environmental benefit often those things uh conflict with each other but when it comes to you know smart infrastructure investment they don't uh and then you know the opportunity to expand your your tax base as, as a result of that also is it, it really is kind of the ultimate win-win. I, I think for us now, uh, and you, know, you and I have talked about in the past, the, yeah. the financial investment is significant and you know, making sure that our local governments take advantage of federal and state uh, dollars, whether they're coming through infrastructure bills or grant programs. Um, uh, there's never been a time uh, that I can remember where there was more dollars accessible to, to local government to, to do um, investments in infrastructure. And, and I know all of our elected officials are keenly aware and, and, and talking to the people that they need to in order to take advantage of that. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the money flowing a little bit quicker into uh, our region in order to, to leverage that. And uh, I'm sure it will at some point. Um, but the quicker it can, the quicker we can move some of these other initiatives forward. No doubt about it, Mr. Human. With us, a couple of minutes uh, remain. Uh, as far as the East End, um, you know, the Hamptons and everything else have been so active in West Hampton Beach uh, and, uh, and those parts. Uh, they, it continues to thrive. Give me a sense of what you're seeing and what it will look like in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I think there are great things happening on the east end, um, you know, really from, you know, Riverhead out. And, um, you know, Riverhead has, uh, you know, always been very committed from an infrastructure perspective, but all the things they're doing to revitalize their downtown has been great. Um, what's happening in the Hamptons, West Hampton Beach, uh, you know, and these communities, 
it's not easy. It, it really takes a lot of uh, political will and political fortitude and community engagement uh, to show your community the benefits of growth uh, and, and the benefits of economic development because, you know, often people's you know, minds immediately go to, you know, more traffic, you know, more disruption of, of my quality of life, and it doesn't need to be that way. And I, I think in particular, West Hampton Beach has been a, a really great example of, uh, you know, uh, a local community and a political leadership who, uh, you know, sees the value in, you know, committing to infrastructure improvements as the foundational piece of, um, you know, some economic development and, and some economic diversity. And you're going to see more of that, I think, happening out there. And, and um, you know, really, Suffolk County has so much potential. Um, it's, I think it's exciting, you know, for all of us that live in Suffolk County, uh, how things are going to, to transform over, you know, the next couple of decades. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we're going to be a good small piece of that and, and helping that move forward. But, I mean, re- really, the I think that the credit goes to um, – you know, our elected officials to just see things differently today than maybe they saw them 15 or 20 years ago. And uh, recognizing how important it is to embrace change as opposed to, um, you know, being reluctant to change. So uh, I think we all have, you know, cause to be optimistic. I think you got to have a vision. And uh, I think people have accepted it. They've embraced it. They're engaged with it. And I think with you as the leader you are and the great company you have, uh, I only think good things as far as the future is concerned. Now, listen, before I let you go, uh, here's the scenario that I see it, my friend. You see, I see the Jets at 8-7 and seven as they embark on December 8th of this year. They'll play the Cleveland Browns. That'll be on the road. I see Aaron... Rogers taking the snaps. Remember this now, folks. I see him taking the snaps that game. Because if the Jets win the final two games, they're eight and seven. They play the they play the Browns, then they play the Patriots in New England. Final game January the seventh. Rogers to the rescue. I see the Jets getting into the playoffs. Okay? Uh, I see the Jets as a wild card team. They are gonna surprise people. In round one, they will get to the second round of the divisional playoffs. I am not kidding. That's how I see it. After what I saw yesterday, miracles can happen, Mr. Ritchie. And I see that scenario. Rodgers and the Jets and the playoffs, the Browns and the Patriots. What do you think? So that would be uh, so Rogers would be in in uh, you know the American Medical Association journals I guess but um, uh, it, it I I would love it I couldn't even think about it and uh, who knows I mean is he, he he's he's such a, a deliberate person and uh, you know why does he always show himself on the sideline moving around and throwing a ball uh, it it's got to be for for us it's got to be for the fans and. If there's uh, any chance whatsoever that that could possibly happen, that would be the ultimate miracle. Um, you know, 69 is still the ultimate miracle for the Jets, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, that'd be a, a super close second to Joe Namath, I think, if that actually happened. It would be one of the great stories in sports. 
absolutely one of the great stories in sports. Something going on with this team. Uh, they got something going. They got something going. They were not <laughs> supposed to win yesterday. And yeah. They did. And that has yeah. propelled my thinking into what I stated. Hey, listen, always great having you. 